Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. I'm Andy. Sitting right next to me is Jenny. Hello. And 115 miles to our southwest, it's Megan. Hello. Well, uh, last night we watched AEW Double or Nothing, the the fifth uh, Double or Nothing, if you can believe that. Uh, Did they do a Double or Nothing before Dynamite started? Yeah. Okay. They did the first Double or Nothing and the first All Out before Okay. Before uh, Dynamite started. Somehow five still sounds like too many. Like yeah. So, but yeah, but that means that we are we are now five years, or no, I guess we're we're four years removed from the first ever AEW show. Um, but it was the fifth. It was the fifth one. Um, and we are going to talk about it, roses and thorns style. And uh, Megan, I don't know if you have a pop. Jenny and I don't have pops, but uh, but if you wanna if you wanna you know Ooh, keep us honest, crack. if you wanna keep us honest, you can with the elite beat pop of the week. Yeah, I mean, it's a Memorial Day. It's super hot here, so I'm going to crack open a Lime High Noon. Awesome. Very nice. Thank you. All right, so the way this works is we go around, we each give a rose, we go around, we each give a thorn, and anything we didn't cover in the course of Roses and Thorns, we discuss afterwards in chronological order. So let us start with Jenny. Oh. Give us your rose for Double or Nothing 2023. You know, I my rose is going to be a big congratulations to Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello. Oh, yeah. On their announcement of Baby Guevara coming. Yeah. Yes, so. In cue card style. It's interesting and relieving that after Ty's storyline on all access was i'm not getting to do enough that they just weren't letting her do anything it is in fact that she is pregnant true yeah well i wonder well she can't be that far along the sonogram picture that they posted on instagram was a very small baby but you got to figure they're at least 10 weeks i would i would think at least yeah don't you traditionally wait until three months to yeah, you, you traditionally wait until your second trimester, so like around 13 weeks. We did a bad job of that. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, not on this podcast. Jenny refused no, to announce it true. up until the very end. <laughs> we should we shouldn't have said anything until she was like in fifth grade. <laughs> um, no, yeah, congrats to Sammy and Ty. That's awesome for them. Yeah. Um, I uh, hopefully, well, you know. If she wants to get back in the ring afterwards, that's great. Um, yeah, I hope I hope she does. I hope she does too. I think she brings something unique with her style. So yeah, yeah. But congrats. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. All right, Megan, give us your rose. Okay, I feel like my roses are. Um, I have a lot of little dumb roses, but I'm gonna jump right to the big one. Uh, I loved Anarchy in the Arena and that whole like punk show vibe that it started out with no not cm punk but just the fact that like the band was there to play moxie's theme song and the guy just kept they played and played and played while all this chaos was happening and then finally uh it stopped when one of the elite went up to them and the lead singer was like check out my bcc shirt like an idiot and then he got super he he got super kicked by like three of them didn't he like the two he got super kicked by both young bucks. Okay. Yes, I At thought the it was same good. time. Yeah. Yeah. But he like was, he was in blackface, so he deserved it. Oh, we determined it was a mask. Remember? It, it was a mask, but it was still a little suspect. Yeah, a little sus. Um, Why was but, he? In... Hey, he was wearing a black mask. I don't know. <laughs> he was. It was like sort of a metal vibe. Um, but yeah, like just the fact that they kept playing the song and so you're hearing it and also just seeing all this like chaos and violence. And I know I said I didn't know if I was going to like this match because of all the blood. And yes, there was a lot of blood, mostly on Moxley, but um, it was a really good match. It was really cool. And uh, I, it was really unique the way they had that going. So I liked it. Who all blood did the Bucks cut themselves? Yep. Yeah. At did least, Adam? 
At least Dick did. Yeah, Moxie got him with a fork as the you know reason for that. Yeah. Um, Kenny bled. Yeah, and he was Mox wearing white pants. Like, Mox bled like crazy. Yeah. Um, I don't think Claudio bled. I don't think Wheeler bled. So they actually like they limited it to a, as far as number of people. They didn't. It, it, it wasn't everybody getting color. Well, good. Yeah. Yeah, they're smart. It was a lot less than I thought. Did who? Did Danielson bleed some? I can't remember. I don't think so, but he did have a segment where he was just punching Nick's bloody head, and so he got blood on him. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I'm visualizing. Yeah, it was was gross, but not as gross as I expected, so I think that was a win for me. (laughs) But totally uh, enjoyed that match, and it was like a really fun way to end the show. My favorite uh, image from the match was a split screen where on one side of the screen, uh, Moxley was uh, forking Kenny Omega <laughs> over, like, off the stage. And then on the other side of the screen, Claudio Castagnoli was casually giving Matt Jackson a giant swing in the concourse. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was a good juxtaposition. I forget who it was, but somebody on Twitter said that like, that that one image showed the entire range of professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to think, there was uh, oh our, our leaf blower was in the match. Oh, the ego. Yeah. Wow. I'm pretty sure it was the ego. Yeah. Um, like I don't it. know why it was used as a weapon. It was never used as a leaf blower. <laughs> No, it was used as, like, a melee weapon, but you gotta think that the end of it, like, the blower part, is just plastic, so... It is. I mean, it's hard plastic, but it probably wouldn't feel good getting, like, poked in your ribs or whatever, but, you know. I feel like you would have wanted to use it the other way, because it's really heavy at the other end with the battery. Yeah, it seemed like the least threatening tool that they brought out. (laughs) Kenny was wearing, um, kind of, like... Canadian Captain America uh, tights, and then he did a did an extended spot with a trash can lid. It's oh, kind of like, as Captain America, yeah, yeah, he did like the with the shield. It was very nerdy. I loved it. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think like other big stuff. Uh, oh, Matt Jackson, <laughs> like when he. So he was, like I said, he was getting giant swung backstage by Claudio. He just got his ass kicked by Claudio. Like, Claudio drug him outside and gave him a pile driver in the in the bed of a pickup truck. Um, but he finally made his way back down. Uh, and he gave John Moxley a super kick. And, and it exploded. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he had, like, some kind of explosive charge uh, attached to his boot. So when he kicked Moxley, it went off. Oh my god! It looked better than the barbed wire exploding uh, death match. I was well, more shocked that's by low it. Bar. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a lot of like, there. Matt Matt's big contribution was all the thumbtack damage he took. Um, they that took was... his boot off. Oh no! At one point, Jenny and like dropped him foot first onto some tacks. Oh. Then they shoved a bunch of tacks in his mouth, and Claudio gave him a big uppercut. And then tacks just spewed everywhere. Yeah, I feel like that's a huge choking hazard. Probably, yeah. Um, The foot thing was the worst, though, because they really, like, got his heel bad. And then later on, you could tell he was on the side picking them out because his heel was just a bloody mess. Oh, it was so nasty. That was probably the grossest part. Well, it would have been worse if he had accidentally swallowed one of those tacks. Yeah. Imagine what that would do to your esophagus. Nothing good. And how it would feel coming out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, this was this match was complete insanity from start to finish. I don't I, I would have to go back and watch last year's Eric in the Arena, but I like the people in this one better than I like like the JAS, for instance. Mm-hmm. So, like, I like the Elite better than the JAS, so I imagine I probably like this one better. Um, and it ended up with Hangman and Kenny were going off on uh, Yuta. They were, like, they were about to finish him off, 
And Don Callis, who had been sitting in commentary, gets up and causes a distraction. And then a masked man comes into the ring and lays out Omega and is revealed to be Kanosuke Takeshita, who has turned heel and sided with Don Callis and maybe the BCC. We don't really know. Um, yeah, the relationship between Callis and the BCC is muddy. Yeah. And then Wheeler hits the seatbelt roll-up thing on Kenny, and uh, Wheeler Yuta pins Kenny Omega to win Anarchy in the Arena. Yuta pins Kenny. Yeah. Jenny, here's my theory on that. Jay, I need you to close your ears for like 30 seconds. Yuta has been working out. He's got mad abs. He's got fuck riches. And uh, I think they were like, you worked hard, kid. We'll give it to you. <laughs> I mean, those those fuck riches are hard to get. Yeah, they are. So that's like a lot of dedication. Good for him. So yeah, so that was Anarchy in the Arena, and I concur with Megan. That is that is a that is a great big rose on uh, this pay per view, um, and we'll see where they go from from here Wednesday. Uh, I guess there was a promo after the fact in the building where. Kenny, off camera, obviously, talked about bringing in some backup who aren't with the company to help even the odds. And then there was a quote today attributed to Kota Ibushi uh, where he was talking shit about Kanosuke Takeshita <laughs> and basically said he's a key. DDT tried to make him a copy of him and he never respected him. Oh, damn. Wow. I mean... That fan that was holding the "How is Coda" sign may <laughs> like soon their learn. Answer soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so that brings us to uh, my rose, which is the uh, AEW World Title Match, the Fatal, not the Fatal Four Way. Don't say that, Andy. This is not WWE. It's a four way match uh, with MJF. Jungle Jack Perry, Sammy Guevara, and Darby Allen. This is where we found out about uh, the little baby Guevara. But also, uh, there, like, let's see. Um, Jungle Boy had a regular entrance, very normal entrance. Um, Sammy had the birth announcement or the pregnancy announcement entrance. Darby had a mini movie that, like, took place at a Vegas chapel with an Elvis impersonator, and then he sketched. Uh, to the arena, like, on the back of the limo. Yeah, but first he beat up, like, a MJF masked person, and then he was like, Elvis, you gotta help me get rid of this body. <laughs> and that's... Yes. He put it in the thing and sketched with Elvis driving. And Elvis said, wouldn't be the first time. Yep. <laughs> that's a <laughs> Vegas Elvis. He's seen shit. <laughs> and then uh, Darby... When he made his entrance, he was wearing, and we were a little sad that he didn't uh, wrestle in this, but he was wearing entrance gear that was like half Elvis, half skeleton. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. 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 So. And anyway, so then, and then Max had a big, like, uh, it, was, it was, I don't know, it was like a Triple H WrestleMania entrance where he was in a, <laughs> a giant chair that came down from the ceiling. And, <laughs> um, and there was like an orchestral version of his music that played before his regular music played. Yeah, yeah. And Mikey Ruckus was saying on Twitter that that's one of the themes. I guess they're releasing a whole, like, AEW orchestral themes playlist for Spotify or whatever. So um, that was just Classy. one of the themes from that. I I am a total uh, mark for that. Like, I would probably listen to it while I was working because... You know, I don't know the words to those songs anyway, but it would be like a nice, like, orchestral, like, I know this song. Right, yeah. Uh, and then the, then they had the match. And the match was, you know, we talked, I think we talked on our, our last show, on our preview, about how the build for this has been weird and bad promos and and just not really ideal. But we suspected that the match would be good because it's for great wrestlers just you know, doing their thing. And that's exactly what happened. They got in there and they did, they did every move that's ever been invented uh, for, for about 25 minutes. And, uh, and the finish even paid homage to that ongoing story with uh, 
with Max and Darby in the headlock takeover. As Max is Darby, such, such a dick. Darby hit Jungle Boy with the coffin drop, but Max snuck in and put the championship belt on Jungle Boy's chest, so Darby hurt himself when he landed the coffin drop, and then Max pinned Darby. With the, the head thing. The head, yeah. So I thought, yeah, I thought that match was great. Yeah, I really enjoyed the match. Like you said, I totally agree. Um, the buildup was not my favorite. I kind of was tired of that, but these four guys are super talented, and they were fun to watch. Yeah, you said this was your favorite match of the night, and it was your least favorite build to it. So mm-hmm. that's that's saying something. Yeah. Megan, do you have any more uh, roses you want to distribute? Uh, sure. I mean, mine are much lesser than, the rest of them are much lesser than full match. Um, uh, the first one is I want to give a rose to Mark Briscoe because I think he's one of the best referees. I mean, he took his job very seriously. He even got physical to try and, you know, stop some rule breaking and he was fair and balanced and it's not his fault that he got knocked out. (laughs) And he had a cool shirt on while doing it. Yeah. They got him a sleeveless camo ref shirt. Hell yeah, they did. I I really liked the tag title match with FTR versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. I thought it was it was like it was the most sports entertainment bullshit match of the night. But I'm I'm fine with you know throwing one of those in. Mm-hmm. You know, in a four hour card, it's 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 totally fine to sprinkle one of those in there. Yeah, it was like light and fun, and you know, again. I was expecting there to be some shenanigans possibly on Mark Briscoe's end, but he turned out to just be fair and balanced at refereeing, and it's, again, not his fault he got knocked out. I yeah. thought he was doing a damn good job. And I think I think definitely the the, t- the two standouts for me were uh, were the Jarrett's, Jeff and Karen, who oh, yeah. <laughs> played, their parts, played their parts incredibly well. Karen knocked out Aubrey. Karen gave Aubrey Edwards a guitar shot and maybe the first bump of Aubrey's career. I'm not sure. I don't remember anything prior to this. She's taken some like pushes and stuff. Well, she would. She's taken pushes from Jericho to set up her shoving Jericho back. Mm-hmm. But uh, but she's never taken anything like this. No. Yeah. yeah, the one Jericho match where there was a ref bump, it wasn't Aubrey. And I remember thinking, why isn't Aubrey here? I thought Jericho demanded that she ref all his matches. And it was because a man had to hit the ref. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, um, unfortunately for me and my picks, actually all three of us picked Jared and Lethal. FTR did retain, and they celebrated with uh, the Briscoes, or Mark Briscoe afterwards. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Megan? Um. I really just liked Max Caster's rap. I thought it was funny. Um, My favorite part was when he said, Buddy Matthews, you're getting cucked by a kid named Dominic. I don't know what he rhymed it to, but it made me laugh. Buddy Matthews did not look amused. Like I said to you, I don't think he has a sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) That was was one of, uh, that was definitely one of Max's all-time great lines. Yeah. Like he had, he had so much material. He had to do two verses, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Holy shit, this is pay per view rap time." So, this was, of course, uh, the acclaimed and daddy ass Billy Gunn uh, answering the House of Black open house challenge, and they decided not to pick a stipulation for the dealer's choice, which seems like you you haven't really established this thing yet for people to just be blowing it off, like like. The first time, the best friends didn't know about it, so they just said no witches at ringside. Mm-hmm. Then I forget that the second opponent did choose something. Oh, it was like no tags. Yeah, which I thought was cool, and they actually like used it yes. in like strategically in the match. Um, that was cool. But now yeah. we're at the third one, and it's just we don't pick one. <laughs> I just thought that was stupid. Yeah, it's it's you're wasting you're wasting the opportunity. Yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, I didn't think this match was that great. I don't know if Max Caster is hurt or something, but he, he was like, he didn't really participate really much in the match. Uh, Bowens, the match was basically Bowens taking an ass kicking for about, I don't know, 75% of it. 
And then finally getting the hot tag to Billy Gunn, who did have a fun little sequence where he hit his finisher on on two-thirds of the House of Black, and then he turned around into the Black Mass. So, like, I like the rap, and I like the finishing sequence, but the the body of the match was just... For for what these trios titles have been, or what this trios division has been, like, as far as, like, all action, this was a very much, like... This this felt like more like an old school tag team match where you just work somebody over forever, and I have to imagine that maybe something's wrong with Max Caster. Uh, I hope not, but I guess that would be a good sort of reason for why it went the way it did. Because I agree, like I I love House of Black, I love their lore and their um, theatrics, I love the face paint and all that, and I think they're really good, and I like the acclaimed. I don't. I don't know that they're all necessarily at the same level of wrestling as like a Malachi because, you know, he does MMA and shit. Uh, but it was it was not what I expected. And um, that's too bad. I mean, I did not have fun, but it definitely could have been much better. And uh, I hope I hope Max Caster's OK, if that's the case. Um, glad Billy Gunn got to do that sequence, because like you said, I think the ending sequence was really like good i uh, the black mass on billy gunn looked amazing considering his size and like i don't know he just flopped down like dropped like a sack of potatoes and i loved it so all right yes uh, anything else megan um all the other stuff are just like one-off little things i can mention when we go through the things those were the big ones that i liked okay uh, well, it takes us to our round of thorns, uh, Jenny. My thorn is that apparently Tony Khan has not been listening to our podcast, and the storyline that I have been proposing between Trent and Orange Cassidy for the last couple months. But I think Trent should have, you know, based on what they were doing in the backstage segments, I think Trent should have won the international title. And instead, they went completely the opposite way, and Trent sacrificed himself to allow Orange Cassidy to stay in the ring. And that was not what they were building in the backstage segments with their acting. It's true. Um, So, yeah, so Jenny was speaking, of course, about the Blackjack Battle Royal, which was the opening match on the um, pay-per-view, which was, I thought, a really great battle royal, um, which... I, I thought it was like, all right, this show is going to be fantastic all the way through. And it kind of, it hit some rough waters after that, but I thought we, I thought it started us off in a good direction. Um, so this was Orange's, I think, 23rd uh, successful defense of the international title as it came down yeah. to him and Swerve Strickland. And uh, they had a nice, they had a really good sequence at the end uh, and Swerve got, uh, Swerve got eliminated finally. But it did make me think that like, Maybe Swerve is the guy who should, you know, they do like a singles rematch and Swerve gets the win. Yeah, I would believe it. And also, like, Swerve's a really good heel to come in there and take it away from Orange. Because you know whoever beats Orange, the crowd is going to be pissed off at. Like, they were so mad when it looked like Swerve might win. And so happy when Orange got him. That, like, I don't know, like, I don't think you can have a baby face beat him <laughs> unless you want them to stop being a baby face. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jenny, I do have good news for you on the Trent front. Uh, yeah. In the, in the post-show press conference, um, Orange was asked about, you know, Trent saving him. And, yeah. And what, what did he think about that? And and Trent and Orange said, I don't know. I mean, I appreciate it. I guess, I guess I'll probably have to give him another title shot. To, to oh. thank him, and he said, "Am my neck still hurting from the last one?" So okay, you know. Yeah. I was wondering if, uh, even though Trent made like a sacrifice by, tr- like he made the choice, if he would be bitter that like it resulted in him getting knocked out, you know. Ooh. So maybe. maybe they are playing the long game for this storyline. Maybe, maybe. Anyway, good battle royal though. Uh, Megan Thorne. Um, uh, I largely like this show, so I'm kind of grasping at straws here. Um, I guess my thorn was the the title switch of the women's title. Um, B 
because I feel like it happened the way it did because Jamie Hayter must be too injured, like you had said, to to put up a viable defense and like take it to Wembley. And I just feel kind of like, man, she was going to have a big moment there, and it kind of sucks that that it had to switch because of an injury. Um, and also, like the match itself, it was a lot of like the Outcast pre beating up Jamie Hayter and ha- her already being injured, so it wasn't much of a a fight like she did her best but it wasn't like a a full elongated like match at least they're keeping it in the commonwealth for Wembley (laughs) (laughs) yeah they got it well they got to do that you know now here so here's here's my okay and I don't I don't know anything I don't have any inside information about Jamie Hader's injury but it does occur to me Megan that Wembley is almost three months away Mm. and what if it's not that bad an injury and she can just rehab it. And then you do the big comeback and she gets a, and she gets her fair title rematch at all in. And then she, and then she wins back her title in front of a home crowd. Okay. I like that. I like that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe she's going to be out for nine months as far as I know, but I, I, you know, I don't know anything. Do we know what part of the body she's injured? No. I mean, they were certainly working over the arm, but, they were working over the arm so much that you would almost assume like it can't be the arm. You know? <laughs> yeah, her sh- they were slamming her shoulder into stuff like, and I know it's obviously it's not totally real, but like I would think if you had an injured part of your body, you would do your best to avoid it. Like as far as like the wrestling part goes. Yeah. Um, that takes us to my thorn which is going to be the unsanctioned match between Adam Cole and Chris Jericho, which mostly I just thought was boring. And I don't know if it was like out of deference to Anarchy in the Arena, where they just thought they couldn't go too buck wild because they didn't want to steal anything from those guys or what, but just the way they worked this match and... The, I just don't know. Like, I think with those two guys, I expected a lot more, and I got—I feel like I got almost nothing out of it. And it's not like this is—is is, this is a match that's been really focused on? You know, they've done a lot of angles. They did like a really heavy heat angle with with Adam Cole and the handcuffs and Britt getting worked over by Soraya. But yeah, I just got—I I, just—I just felt like nothing out of this match, and I thought the finish was really bad, where it was a ref stoppage, but. Cole, it didn't even seem like Cole was doing anything that he was just doing like some like light ground and pound on Jericho and it wasn't even anything too heinous, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It um definitely didn't stick with me after it was over and for an unsanctioned match, it didn't seem that unsanctioned. Like, like they, they brought out some props, you know, and, and they did some stuff, but nobody bled. And I'm usually not, you know, upset by that. But, like, it's an unsanctioned match. It feels like it should have been at least, like, a little more violent. And yeah. I really don't think a singles match that's violent would take anything away from a six-man match that is really violent later on. The Roderick Strong-Chris Jericho, like, false count anywhere match from Dynamite a couple weeks earlier mm-hmm. was so much more dynamic and... And exciting than what we got here. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if um, Adam or somebody else is worried that he's not ready to fully go that hard. But if so, like, why would you even, like, build to that match? I don't know. And it's it's interesting because, you know, like, Wednesday they are doing uh, Adam and Britt versus Jericho and Soraya. And I don't know what's going to happen there, but... You know, I think there was at least some talk that Max's next program was going to be Adam Cole. And I don't, I just, I'm not feeling it with Adam Cole as like a challenging baby face right now. I think, I think this match kind of set him back some ways. Yeah, it's, yeah, it was um, very forgettable, Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. And- no need to be unsanctioned and no like they did the big heavy angle which i understand but then like the match still didn't seem to have a 
did like have a reason to be, you know? Yeah, and I think Adam's still like not quite there. Not quite there. I mean, he hasn't really had a good match since he's been back. Mm-mm. I, I I'm mean, not I, saying that, you know. Obviously, he yeah. was out for with a very, very serious injury, so yeah, it's going to take him some time, and maybe he'll never quite be, you know, maybe he just, I don't know, maybe he's always going to be a little bit more cautious. I don't know. I, he should be like. I don't know. Yeah, but, I uh, definitely wouldn't blame him for being a little hesitant, but man, like, it's quite a match to decide to have and build up to if you're still just like not quite sure. Or maybe it's Tony's fault for booking him versus Jericho. Like, it's just been so overdone. Like, I'm so over watching Jericho wrestle. Like, maybe if they had just gotten him a different opponent, it wouldn't have been so forgettable. I don't know. Jenny, are you saying that man that came out uh, right at the beginning in a Owen Hart cowboy hat makes bad decisions? (laughs) Goodness. Well, Megan, do you have any uh, additional thorns you'd like to go out before we go through things uh, chronologically? Um, I really hated Arn biting Luchasaurus thumbs or thumb off, not off, yeah, but enough did, to make it bleed, quote unquote. They did a spot where Luchasaurus was going to choke slam Arn, so Arn <laughs> bit his thumb, and for some reason they decided like, well, let's do like a weird blood special effect. So they had like fake blood, like oh, gross. like he had actually bit his thumb off or whatever. Yeah, it was very it was- strange. All over Arn's mouth. It was all over Luchasaurus's thumb. It was, and it was so weird. I don't know. Just it didn't do it for me. Kind of creeped me out. That match didn't really do it for me. Like it was okay, but I, I, I really feel like Christian was the better choice going forward right now because just because I feel like Wardlow is. Remember, remember, remember when Wardlow beat Max last year, and it seemed like the world was at his feet, and <laughs> one year later he's lost like all of that momentum. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I love War Dog, don't get me wrong, but, uh, yeah, he, he definitely seems like he's kind of in the same place, and I love a heel Christian, and I think it would have been fun to have him win, and his stupid turtleneck wrestling gear just (laughs) makes me laugh, and I don't know, like, he's, he's got a lot more upside, um, being the bad guy that Wardlow's chasing than the other way around. So, what? What happened with Wardlow? Like, what did they, what went wrong? Like, why do you think he's lost them? Because I loved Wardlow, and I thought they were doing a great job with him, and I totally agree. I think Tony Khan sometimes doesn't know what to do in the follow-up of mm. a big match with the guys, which we'll get to it, but that's why I'm worried about... I'm worried about Taya Valkyrie going forward. Um, oh, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, like, because, you know, they they built that thing between Max and Wardlow for, like, three years. They finally had the big, and it would have been a bigger blow-off if Max hadn't blown his top and tried to leave Vegas that weekend. But anyway, <laughs> they got the match in the ring, and Wardlow killed him. And then it was like, it was just like, what next? It, like, it seems like, it seems like at that point, Wardlow should have been, like, going for the world title or something. Mm-hmm. But he just basically spent a year hanging out, like, trading the TNT title back and forth instead. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And then they like, cut his hair. Seems like you get somebody that hot, you, you then, then it's time. Like, okay, let's let's put him in main events, you know? Yeah, but like, uh, what if Tony's just like, yeah, I don't see this guy as like going for the world title. But like, like you said, he had so much momentum. It's like maybe he should. He doesn't have to win it, but you could at least yeah. like give him credibility by going for it. And, you know, like, and get something out of the momentum you've created, like, business-wise, you know? Yeah. So, anyway. Um, yeah, the I thought the, the highlight of this match for me was definitely the... Uh, I thought it was impressive when Wardlow put Luchasaurus through the table with the, the swanton off of the giant ladder. Oh, God, yeah, that looks so dangerous, but very cool. He's very, he's very graceful. He has very good form on those, uh, on those swantons. Yeah, I was worried he was a little too close, but I think he it clearly worked. Like, I was just like, oh, God, you're going to overshoot that. But he made it. Yeah. And I also, I love, too, when um, Wardlow jumped from the top turnbuckle onto a ladder. And it didn't matter how graceful he was. 
he's so heavy that like he bent the ladder and then everybody fell. <laughs> it was just like, oh no, that wasn't supposed to happen. It's uh it's just Wardlow's this massive man who uh jumped on a ladder and then it broke. Um so it, it ended up looking kind of cool, but I don't it obviously wasn't planned because that ladder just couldn't sustain that big boy. He was he was very convincing in selling his leg right after though. So he he had the good instinct to be like, well, I guess I should. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he thought we thought he was hurt for a second, and then and then you know he immediately started running and jumping again, so he was fine. But I, good instincts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anything else, Megan? Uh. Nope. Those were my two bad points. Okay. All right. Um. Let's just run through the th- stuff that we didn't cover. We started with the pre-show, uh, the buy-in. And we had one match on the buy-in, which was Ethan Page and the Guns versus Hook and the Hardys. The stipulation here was that if Hook and the Hardys won, Matt Hardy would own Ethan Page's contract, which is a lot of convolution for a pre-show match, if you ask me, but (laughs) whatever. Anyway, uh, Hook and the Hardys get the win, and I guess we'll see the follow-up. I don't know, probably on Rampage. I feel like the majority of the storyline has been happening on Rampage. Yeah, and I'm never really clear what it means when, like, I own your contract. Like, I, okay. I thought Tony Khan did, but okay. Yeah. Jeff already had a bad slip on the ropes at one point, but he seemed he seemed okay afterwards. The announcers played that off really well. Yeah, yeah Jim Ross was talking about uh, how slick things were. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Jim Ross, in the Battle Royal, he, uh, he, he said that all the luchadors are related. Yeah. It's an interesting take. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to say that. Um, <laughs> okay, let's see. What have we not covered? Uh, oh, okay. Um, actually, we've only got one match left to cover. Uh, the TBS title match, Jade Cargill defends against Ty Valkyrie. Um, it was okay. It was it was pretty decent. Um, this is definitely the most Jade has ever sold. Mm-hmm. And uh, Taya hit a big near fall with the uh, Valhalla's... What's it called? Valhalla's Crossing? Road to Valhalla. Road to Valhalla. Um, yeah, hit that big hit that big move. Got the two count. People actually believed it in the building that that was going to be it. I believed um, it. I was fooled. Jade very quickly hit her with the jaded. And I think I think most people thought that Taya was going to get the kick out of that, too. And they're at least going to be like even on that front. But no, Jade just pinned her. Um, then the soon to be fired Mark Sterling, uh, got in the ring and celebrated Jade being 60 and 0 and said, despite her having her toughest match ever said, come on, let's do, let's do another one. Um, and Chris Statlander came out and, uh, she and Jade had a 48 second match that saw stat hit the big bang theory and win the title. Yeah. So Jade Cargill, sixty-one and sixty and one, and Mark now Sterling and now dead. a former uh, TBS Women's Champion. Yeah, that um, that wasn't the uh, ending I expected. A no build-up surprise, like Mark Sterling made you agree to a match right after you did a match, and then you lost in forty-five seconds. Yeah, uh, Jade tweeted uh, earlier this morning, it's been a wild ride. Went for double and got nothing. <laughs> um, there's been some speculation that she might be taking some time off. Mm. So, okay. Which makes sense. She's been there, you know, pretty constantly since she debuted, pretty much, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I'm glad they didn't show us her little girl crying. Because she was definitely there to see her mom. Um, But if she wants to take some time off, uh, yeah, she totally deserves it and good for her. And she still looks like a superstar. So I'm assuming she'll be coming back ready to uh, get revenge eventually. It would would definitely make sense just because... (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Emma. Uh, (laughs) If she goes away... Stat can have her title reign and then Jade could come back and then you could do a big rematch where it's like, okay, like this time I'm, I'm prepared. 
Yeah, like we'll have a real actual match instead of uh, Mark Sterling getting me into some shit. Exactly, yeah. Um, I wasn't at the time, like at the moment it happened, I wasn't thrilled about the way they switched the title because I thought it was a weird way for a babyface to win a title. But after sleeping on it, I'm actually pretty okay with it. I think it was, I think this, this show needed something memorable like that and we got it, so. Yeah, and the crowd seemed hyped like they they liked that Statlander was back and they liked that she won so uh she got like uh confetti I think even so good for her yeah yeah <laughs> you have to wonder what they were saving that for if not uh <laughs> <laughs> um and then I, I guess the the big question is uh what do you what did you think of this show overall and do you think like there's been there's been like this was not a well liked show online, um, oh. and it's funny like I feel like I'm like high man on this as far as like the opinions I've seen, um, and I, I almost think like AEW might be a victim of their own pay per view track record, where they put on so many great shows that. I mean, I, I just I can't say that a show that had those last two matches on it is anything less than good, you know? Like, yeah, like I think standalone in a vacuum, this show was a good pay per view. I it wasn't it wasn't all out twenty twenty one. No, but, and but nothing like, is like. Yeah, and like I've definitely like enjoyed some of their other pay per views, start to finish, way more. But like I. I think it'd be unfair to call this a bad show. Like, it's still... The quality of the matches was good. You know, like... The talent is great. I, there was nothing that, like, made me go... I hate this. So, I just think you're right. Like, if you compare it to a lot of the other shows... Yeah, it's gonna fall to the bottom. But I think as, like, a pay-per-view wrestling show... I thought it was good. Minimum. Like, good. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I... So, anyway, maybe we're marks. I don't know. Maybe we're just easy to please. <laughs> but uh, I, I had a fun time watching it. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess you need more surprise uh, appearances. We only got one. So, that's, you know, that's less than yeah. Tony usually does. But we did get the um, the announcement. It was the pre-show, right? Of the Owen Hart tournament, like, starting back up again in Canada. Yeah, so, yeah, they announced... That uh, Martha Hart came out with, uh, and eventually brought Tony Khan out wearing a, a cowboy hat. Martha Hart also said the word gangster. Um, it was a mm-hmm. really awkward segment. She's she's kind of awkward. Uh, uh, no, I meant more like Tony brings a lot. Even when he doesn't <clears throat> speak, he brings some awkward energy. Well, uh, they reiterated that the Owen Hart tournament would be conducted during AEW's Canadian tour, which is late June into like kind of early to mid July and uh, we'll conclude at the Calgary stampede and own hearts hometown of Calgary, Alberta, Canada, which is exciting. Yeah. So I think, I think that's a collision. I could be wrong, but I think that's going to be a collision. I think it's a Saturday. Interesting. Okay. Get, well, you but give it, collision some something early on. They got to give collision a lot because you know, <laughs> getting people to watch a show on Saturday nights from eight to 10 is going to be, that's, that's a task. Oh, yeah, I won't be watching it at its time <laughs> aired slot, that for sure. I mean, I don't watch Rampage at whatever random time it's on. <laughs> you don't watch Dynamite. I mean, you're, you're really not a good test case because you don't watch any of the shows live, really. No, but I mean, I watch Dynamite the next day. Doesn't that help? I mean, am I still getting counted if it's within 24 hours? I mean, if you're watching on the TBS app. I am not. Okay, I watch yeah. Fight. Then no. <laughs> then I fight need doesn't... that quality announced. Uh, during the pay-per-view when they all just give up on being professionals and start making jokes and like <laughs> insider baseball talk like I love that I can't I can't not have that we're just we're just like for like two or three minutes at a time it just turns into a uh, a, a, a Taz and Excalibur podcast yeah and then somewhere yeah. around the end they're like uh you know the European list or European viewers uh, thanks for sticking with us like <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, you're out there. People are listening. It's great. Um, so let's uh, quickly go over our predictions. 
uh, I tallied everybody up. We ended up having 10 people um, submit picks. Uh, all of our regulars. And the first timer, uh, Alan Cunahan, um, submitted picks. He got, so we had nine matches on the show that we picked. Um, and there was one person who got perfect, and that was Jeff Jacobs. He, he, got, <sighs> he got nine out of nine. Wow. Um, one person got eight. That was Justin uh let me see alan had seven the pros lucas and myself got six megan and and jason megan and jason got five yes and then jenny amanda and jay each got four correct so uh congrats to jeff who uh got a perfect record but congrats to me who got the most out of our uh, out of the main podcast hosts? Congratulations, Andy. <sighs> yes, Thank you. congratulations. Thank you very very much. Um, there wasn't a lot of news to come out of the um, the press conference afterwards. There were no fights. There were no fights. There were no fights. Um, but Tony Khan did note that Wembley is. Over 65,000 tickets sold now. Nice. Um, but I don't think he's going to put out a big announcement until they hit 70 again. Okay. Um, but he did, but he did, you know, he did mention that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, he also said that he did talk to Bill, he has talked to Bill Goldberg recently, and he said he has a good relationship with Bill Goldberg. Um, it didn't, didn't go much further than that. I, why was Bill Goldberg brought up? Bill Goldberg is a free agent. And AEW gonna... has a lot of sh- big shows that need mm. high-profile matches in the next few months. It's going to be coming out oh. huffing the smoke. Which one's Goldberg again? Don't even worry about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you'll if, know when if, you see him. If you see him, then, you know, you'll see him. Oh, that, that reminds me that we didn't really mention how uh, Sabu, he was there, and he didn't really... Gav, much of a big role for a legacy man who is important. Uh, that's true. Yeah, he he put somebody through a table. One of the one of the um, JAS men, and then like all kind of like all the went, they all went to the back. Then, like he yep. and Roddy kind of herded them to the back. Yep, it was kind of underwhelming. Uh, Just like everything about that match. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So somebody did ask about how broadcasting was going to work for all in mm. um and tony said that's a great question i can't answer it right now <laughs> oh god i hope he has an answer no, he just he can't does. give us <laughs> it's, 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 he definitely does it's definitely something i i'm i'm almost 100 percent sure it's max and they're just not and max is not ready to announce that yet okay uh what about nigel mcginnis too isn't he gonna be where is he so when Brian Danielson was out there at the scrum, Nigel was asked about, he was asked about Nigel and um, Danielson said that, and this is interesting because I, I watched the Brian Danielson portion of this and Brian Danielson cannot keep kayfabe on anything. He's just like, doesn't really seem to have an interest in it, you know, um, which is great because if you want to get like real <laughs> answers to questions, um, what do we always used to say on So We Were Told? Like, if you want an honest answer to something, ask Brian Danielson anything. He'll, t- he'll tell you. Yep. <laughs> um, but he said that he did He did go into kayfabe mode for this question, which tells me that there is something happening. Because he said McGinnis should keep his mouth shut because he no longer has the physical ability to keep up with him. Oh, damn. Okay. So I think something's going on there. Like, maybe, maybe they're going to have a match. I don't know. Um, anyway, so then Tony Khan had his portion. And he, uh, he he was finally asked. Someone finally had the balls to ask about CM Punk and said, "Is CM Punk going to be on collision?" And then Tony said, "Like I can't answer that question, but which is fine. That's great. I, I'm just happy somebody answered it because even by giving a non-answer, you get an answer. You know, you you force him to say something." Yeah, I, yeah, I I can't believe it took that long. I know. I know. Um, and then uh, he was asked about a second season of All Access, but wasn't told if they would get another season. I hope not. Uh, <laughs> Do something better, but kind of with 
the same idea, just better. And then the one other, the one like other interesting thing, which I think we all assumed, but it's nice to have confirmation. Um, he was asked if there was additional licensing fees paid to them for Collision, and he said yes. And it's it was a very a very good amount of money. Basically, he said that you know because 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 then he said because it's not cheap to do another live night of taping and running out in another arena and doing all the, it's like, it's, it's very expensive. So they obviously weren't going to do it if it wasn't made worth their while. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. I hope it succeeds. I don't want to see it fail, but man, it's a lot. It's a lot, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited just to kind of see what they do with it. You know? Yeah. I, I hope Tony can, either manage all of it or find a way to let go and give the reins of one or maybe two shows to different people who can also sort of help out and maybe, you know, have their own ideas as well. I just don't want him to get overworked because he also has what, like the football stuff and then like a soccer team or something. He's got a lot. Yeah, I think the Fulham season is finally over, so maybe that'll help. But now we're, you know, we're also like, we're getting ready to ramp up towards NFL season. So, you know, yeah. it's kind of, although I think his NFL job is less, maybe less demanding than the, than the, the Premier League job. I'm, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. But anyway, um, all I know is AEW usually has good summers. And I think that's because soccer season ends and he has more, more time to devote stateside. Okay, good. Yeah, that's uh, that's a plus. But still, if he could just get like, like mentor someone else who could even just take some of it off his plate, I think that would help in the long run, sustainability wise. Me too, Megan. Me too. All right. Well, we've uh, done what we came here to do: is just cover AEW Double or Nothing 2023. We'll be back later this week to talk Dynamite um, from wherever the hell they are. San Diego, maybe? Maybe? I don't know. There's Somewhere west, probably. Somewhere west, probably. And, uh, you know, for for Jenny and for Megan, this has been the Elite Beat. E, Elite Beat. E, Elite Beat. <laughs>